I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Diminishing the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind in the business Got me stressed in the rent room We let that shit up off our chest Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the rent room Hey listeners, before we dive into this week's podcast I wanted to let you know this is an independent podcast and we're doing this podcast all on our own so we can deliver the content and get the guests that we know will help you with your creative journey. And that means we don't have the financial backing or the marketing and promotional tools that Wondery or iHeartRadio or Gimlet might assist us with. Now, we want to continue giving you game from the Hollywood trenches. So we ask that you help us out. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that review button. Definitely hit that review button and download these episodes. Post links on your social media. Tell everyone you know and support our Patreon for only $1 a month. Find the link at screenwritersrr.com or patreon.com forward slash screenwriters rant room. And if you already are a subscriber, we love you. No, we really do. And we appreciate you listening. So let's get on with the show. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest. You guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. We keep it real, we keep it opinionated, and we keep it 2023, y'all. Yeah, on this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Chris Derrick is out today, but we got a dope show for y'all. So if you guys are grown, let's jump into the show. So today, we got my man, Graham Streeter, writer, producer, director himself, in the building, with his husband, Alex, Alex Labosk. Is that what you said? Labosk. He got to make sure to say Bosk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get it right. I'm sorry. Alex Labosk. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Producer, uh, 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 businessman, pimp dog himself. <laughs> In the building. Thank y'all for coming through, man. How you guys doing? We're doing good. Yeah. It's a big day for us because we have the premiere going on in about five, six hours from now. He's yeah. counting it down. Yeah, yeah. Counting it yeah. <laughs> When you do a film and you're like working four years into it, the last couple hours, it means crazy. something, you know? So yeah. we're excited to be here, actually, to hang with you. Mm-hmm. But that kind of, that's kind of a way to get our mind off of the craziness that's about to happen later today. So this film has been a four-year journey for you guys? Yes. Wow. From uh, conceptualization to writing to prep to thinking about it and revising, rewriting. Yeah. And yeah, in and the last sh- two years, we ended up uh, actually producing it. So This is the indie world. Here's a, yeah. little, here's a little fun little tip I always tell everybody. And... Just like you guys, I was working in the world for a long time until I started doing this network thing. And I always say this. The only difference between the network stuff and the indie world are three things. Money, people, and turnaround. Mm. So here's what I mean. There's more people or there's more money yeah. on, a, on a network show or yeah. a film. There's more people. So <laughs> it's just that base camp is going to be a lot bigger, right? 
And then the turnaround is going to be a lot faster because the movie is coming out next July or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So, or the the TV show, you got the director's cut has to be ready in in, in a week. Yep. <clears throat> you know what I mean? So the turnaround's faster, but the but there's no difference at all except for the amount of money and production value you have. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's still the same. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Well, the, the people uh, involved kind of gives you less control. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Of, of your art. So you have to expect that. Yeah. So the more people, the more opinions, whoever's paying the bills will mm-hmm. then end up having a bigger opinion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trust me. It's true. Which, which means, though, that uh, maybe along with people comes the, the autonomy. You have the ability to have that creative yeah. call, whereas you have to otherwise uh, through the industry, the, the non-indie film racket, you have to go through the chain of of approvals and mm-hmm. changes and everyone gets their sticky hands all over it and it becomes an art project by yes. committee versus indie where we're kind of kind of in our own zone. But that's because we have no money and we have no people around us and we have no deadline. Mm-hmm. So we can tinker with it for a long, long time until you can get we it get right. it right. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Now, let, let me ask you guys a question. Here's, and I said this to you the other day. Um, and thank you guys for coming through to the live uh, oh, it was event. Oh, fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> two o'clock. We had the perfect time. It's all right. We're going to do it again. So, um, but uh, uh, what was I saying? Um, lost my damn thoughts. The other See? day. Yes. So one of the things I like about what you guys do is it seems like every other year, it seems like, and I might be totally miscounting, <laughs> you guys have another fucking film out. I'm like, well, how many films do you guys have? We have we have seven under our belt. Okay. Um, and Were you doing shorts too before? Or like what? What we did two, lo- shorts. Long, two shorts? Long, long time ago. In, okay. in 1999 and 2000. Yeah. Damn. Those are the. And then the next one. Was, it was that long yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That long ago. I'm trying to think back how you know each other I from where I, it was connection point. I have point. no idea. Yeah. But I want to say it was around that. It was around time. that time. Was it? Did you used to go to Marco's Coffee Shop? Was it something? Oh, Ooh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because everybody went there. Remember, yeah. we used to write there. Like It was like the yeah. thing to do. Yeah, so that's yeah. what I feel. Yeah, I feel like that was where. Good old Marco's days. That yeah. was great. Yeah. Yeah, where you can actually have one coffee and lay, stay there for six hours. <laughs> and no one complained. <laughs> exactly. Everybody plug it in. You're like, damn, there's no more plugs. Yeah. <laughs> they get there early. You know, we also, do, do not leave your seat. And also insomnia. <laughs> Oh, remember yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We were yeah. there, and then birds, and then um, oh, no, not birds. What was the other one? On uh, bourgeois pig. Bourgeois pig. Oh, yeah, those bourgeois. are. Our, our I, I pumped out yeah. three films at bourgeois pig. Oh, that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that, a that's a good place too because it's mm-hmm. dark, and when you get in there, you have no idea what time it is, ah. and there's very little cell service, so you're not really interrupted, and you just go <laughs> all day, and they 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 don't mind either. They, well, I think they're shut down, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, it's done. Yeah, unfortunately. <clears throat> I used to go, besides Marco's, before I ever had office and stuff, I would go to um, the, the, the coffee bean in West Hollywood, which was the shit. And, of course, it was like the gay mecca. You know, Brian Singer, like everybody, <laughs> Dustin Lance Black, like everybody would be in there. Swingers, too. It was, uh, oh, yeah, Swingers was a good little spot, too. Mm-hmm. Um, now, let me just say, let me go back and ask you guys, how did you guys come together and start working together? And what do you guys do? Like, what roles do you guys play for okay. each other? Okay, uh, that's enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, before we started working together, Graham was working on um, Japanese television, working on uh, sports. Uh, car racing oh, shows, right. Formula One, yeah, 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 and yeah. Uh, and I was always in advertising. That's okay. kind of my uh, uh, 
career choice after college. You guys are really good at promoting yourself too. Oh, we are. Oh, no, no. You, you got little fucking trinkets and all oh, kinds yeah, of yeah, gadgets yeah. and gadgets. Yeah. And We're going to give this to you at the end. As a little, okay, cool. Little, That's little, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so I, I've always been working on commercials and okay. Apple has been like a, a, a long time client of mine. And um, so anyway, working on a 30 second commercial that would cost us much more than our indie <laughs> film. <laughs> I didn't want to talk about so, it. But, um, and then we just decided to, you know, do projects. I've been at a company for a very long time and my vacations were like five weeks long. Oh. So I would go on vacation to line produce with okay. Graham, mm -hmm. uh, something he's written. And then um, go back to work going, oh, God, I'm so glad I'm back at work. I can sit at my desk, <laughs> get my coffee. And well, then, you got to have five jobs being a line yeah. producer on the show. Like that. Yeah, exactly. indie, indie work is yes. work. That's oh, like flipping yeah. burgers at yes. McDonald's. It's tough. Yeah. Uh, when you're in an office doing advertising, it's like air conditioning, oh, yeah. and I, coffee. I, I always and, tell people about how, like, let's say you just shoot for a week, for example, which you have to do sometime on small projects. And... I come out of that week and I need a week to do nothing. Yeah. Like my brain, I feel like I have jet lag, mm -hmm. like all of that. You know what I mean? Like, God, I'm going to interrupt. Physically, yeah. mentally, everything, yeah. it takes it all. Yeah. yeah. And that's pretty much, you know, how, how we did it. We just, we, we loved working together on a project. Even when we met in college, mm -hmm. we. Wow, we, you guys met in college. We met in college. Yeah. That's beautiful. We're 33 it. years in. Wow. Yeah. I'm going on 22. Okay, oh, that's awesome. good. I love it. Yeah, because uh, you're a baby. <laughs> I'll be fifty-three. Whoa, that's a baby! Yes. Whoa, please. Fifty-three. I thought you were like turning forty. That's because I'm. You know, and you still look young crack. for turning forty. You don't crack. You don't crack. <laughs> and they say Asians don't raisin. There you go. Exactly. And white it, people just fall apart. <laughs> that doesn't even rhyme. We just fall apart. <laughs> yeah, it just needs a lot of sunscreen. <laughs> they got the vapors. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, even in college, we we spent uh, the last two years of college together, and we mm -hmm. did projects together. We did a fundraiser with. You know, Events, uh, for uh, the Mustard Seed School for Homeless Children, and we did another one for the uh, uh, Center for the Disabled. You know, okay. so it was kind of like starting out, even in college, doing projects. Um, and then, you know, it, it made sense. And then we ended up, you know, finding opportunities where we were able to um, uh, engage in our career path and yep. then finally came back around and said, hey, let's start doing projects together on a much bigger level. Nice. And then did a couple of short films. The mm -hmm. second short film we did was we had Paul Winfield, Getty Watanabe oh. and Zelda Rubenstein. Nice. Um, and uh, so it, wait, and wait, from wait, there wait. on, so you can get named people in your project. Oh yeah, you can. You oh, just have to. Yeah. good. No, you, people will show up. Totally. No, you can't. Exactly. You just have to we, sleep we, with we, them first. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. What a what a group there. We, uh, <laughs> Zelda was yeah. No. Um, <laughs> Zelda was the little woman in Poltergeist, yeah. by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Getty was Long Duck Dong. And Paul Winfield was God in exactly. an Angel. So <laughs> hey, we got the whole like you know That's talk good. about diversity. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and so now we we just uh, we look forward to kind of doing the next project. We actually did two films. Mm -hmm. um, this one, which is ours, and then we did another one. Uh, that's also coming out this year, which is not ours, but we did the same functions. Graham wrote and directed, and then mm -hmm. I, and DP'd, and I produced. Well, you write, direct, and DP. Oh yeah. No, I write, direct, DP, and edit. Edit. Yeah. Like this film you'll see tonight. And he's also the music arranger. I, yeah. 
<laughs> well, I, so he's Jamaican, basically. Yeah. Yeah. He got Jamaican in movie jobs. now. <laughs> yeah. This is what indie work is all about. You, know, you do it, it all. You know, yes. it all. Yes. if you can, and yeah. and if you do it long enough, you learn everything about indie making. So you end up no learning wonder how you to keep edit. the crew tiny, small, so yeah. that you can maneuver. Because I'm, I don't think I've done a crew that wasn't 60 people in years so oh, wow. at we're least 10. we're 10 or 12 wow. people total yeah. crazy yeah yeah and then Man. yeah but that's all you really need because we used to when you go to an indie film project and you or even a, even let's say even a studio mm-hmm. project there's like 10 people on the floor 10 or 15 people on the floor everybody else is out at crafters having cigarettes and True. coffee True, yeah. and that, for, the, for, that, the, for the most part, yeah, that yeah. drives me crazy. You know, it's like <laughs> payroll is just going down, 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 and and these people are sitting around drinking coffee, and they're waiting for the queue. Granted, yeah. you know, they're yes. waiting for their moment to run. They're like waiting hell. to fly in. Or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. But as a producer, having done you know major branded commercials, mm-hmm. I, I see a lot of you know. Uh, 120 people crew. I've done it. And it's <laughs> yes. insane. And yeah. so, but I, I don't think that, um, you know, it's necessarily uh, advantageous for one person to do like five jobs yeah. either. So I, I think that it's just got to have that perfect balance. Yes, we did have 10, maybe 12, because we've got wardrobe and makeup, which mm-hmm. is kind of like. We had an eyebrow scenes. person. Yeah, we had an eyebrow person. <laughs> But, <laughs> but she's somebody fantastic. Was, somebody she was a consultant. Was yeah, she was a consultant. <laughs> Kimiko, her, um, name, her, she has a brand and everything, and she is a true artist. And okay. the woman that who plays the lead in our uh, Zoe Papia, she has beautiful eyebrows already. Mm-hmm. So she really didn't have to do anything to her eyebrows, but the two together was like an amazing synergy because they. <laughs> Now they're they're in love. They use each other's products and and they share the the eyebrows and they just it's, yeah. it's a whole other world that so we had something to work with. And, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, so that's you know that's how we got together and um, yeah. of course we want to make our next film bigger yeah. and better, but each one has gone like has topped the, the last. So which was, is something we love. I was asking you, Graham, the other day, and you forgive me, Alex, um, about. What what type of things do you guys like? Do you guys have a, have a mandate? Do you guys have a type of things that you guys like to do? <clears throat> you know, like what, and then bring us to unfix and like how did that come about and stuff like that. We don't have a mandate. We have a we have a kind of a a moral compass, north star, which is right. the imperative that we always ask. Our ourselves. company is called Imperative Pictures. Okay. Yeah. So every time we're done with a film, we ask the same question again: What's imperative? What what is going to be an imperative issue? years from now that right. we can really kind of like start tackling that's important, important. Or, even be, or even when we th- are thinking of creating the next film it's yeah, like yeah. what's imperative yeah, yeah. that we can kind of make that decision and go in that direction yeah but it's still kind of wide open at the it's end it's almost like you're disrupting you yeah. Know, it's interesting. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but you gotta ask yourself I mean because also Although you think we make a movie every a couple of years, I, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but, but it, it seems like it you seems guys like always it. have, and that's good like, because we're yeah. we're promoting the film in every stage of along the way. So okay. we're, we're maybe that's even active, mm-hmm. but uh, it does take years. So what's going to keep you from burning out? First of all, right. you know, so you're looking for that thing that was really going to be something that fires you up to get mm-hmm. you, you know, angry a little bit. That, that, that there's conversation all around you that's in that same topic, and you know that. If you finish your finish line in three years, it's still going to be a hot topic, sadly. Because in the perfect world and the greatest world, it's resolved. And your film means nothing anymore because Mm -hmm. we have become better as a society. It's big enough. 
it's still there. And actually, in the case of like this film, when we talk about LGBT rights, yeah. it's actually reversing. So we're the fight is becoming even more and more important as we're mm-hmm. moving forward. Like this week alone, just like the you know, like, like Supreme Court <laughs> dropping this whole thing. That, yeah. that so many laws that protect. Uh, uh, discrimination for LGBTQ and unenfranchised people is just shut down like, right. you know, hours ago today. And we're pushing forward and, and luckily we, ha- we have picked a theme that can help fight that. So we're, we're on that, um, that journey to help right. make a difference in our own way. But that's when films really become inspiring and that's when we don't burn out and we go forward. So. Well, because it's, it's tied to passion. Yep. You know it's all I mean? about it. Yeah, I think I think that's a really key because I, I talk a lot about how you know people are always like God. How are you able to write all these different scripts and do all these assignments and stuff? And I was like, but if you look at the stories I write, I'm still talking about the same thing. Yeah. You know, I'm still talking about some underdog redemption, like something in there somewhere is still like the major theme or the major part of the character's arc or whatever. In some way, they're going through that. It could be a horror movie. It could be a, you know, a, a something in the 1800s, a slave thing. It could be whatever. Yeah. You still see the theme. It's that's what I. That's what moves me. That's yeah. what makes mm-hmm. me want to get up in the morning. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's to find a character like that. So, I yeah. Think, I think we're slowly also. I think we we move in the action that in, in the direction that inspires us inside, right. but a lot of times we don't take the time to ask ourselves what does that look like on paper. Well, how do how do we articulate that in a couple right. words? Because we're we feel it, but we don't know what's really driving us. I sure. think this film around, we kind of hit it. Um, we have these bracelets that we float around for the film uh, that says "Unfix" on the which is the film title, and the other side says "Love yourself first, and everything else will fall into place." Mm. And that's a universal, you know, Thanks. concept and, yeah. and thought. But I feel like, you know, every topic can touch every everybody on in different ways. Right. And I think in our film, um, the lead character goes through his issues, but it affects. It's like a domino effect. It mm-hmm. affects all the people around him, right. and then it kind of, you know, pulls up their issues that that are has something to do with his relationship with them. So I think that that's kind of where we're looking at in terms of concepts and how it affects what's what's, what's unfix about just for the people who oh yeah so um so you're familiar with but i don't know if your listeners are familiar with conversion therapy so conversion therapy in a nutshell in the in the lens of the lgbt community would be that a let's say a young boy or girl um think that they express that they are gay or mm-hmm. they identify with being a, a different gender than their their cisgender and immediately the family will say, no, that's <laughs> wrong, that's unhealthy, that's sick, whatever, and we're going to fix you. The, the fixing process, converting them right. back to, sometimes they call it reparative therapy. Uh, they use, they can call it man camp for boys. Uh, and it's <laughs> not, it's also, camp. <laughs> it also can be very um, uh, under the radar, like, like Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, right. where you're pushing them back into a track, or even just baseball. You're going to go to Little League because mm-hmm. you do, can't play with dolls. You need to do this. Right. It's, it's not organized conversion therapy, but it's conversion processing. And so in the worst case scenario, conversion therapy is an actual organization that is going to really embrace all the... About, it's very communist, isn't it? I mean, yeah, right, right, right. That's exactly. interesting. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, all these horrific um, <laughs> tactics that they mm-hmm. use, like uh, uh, shock therapy and drugs, perhaps, or chemical castration. In the worst case scenario, physical castration sometimes. Wow. Um, and just torturous um, 
messaging, of using the Bible, God, mm-hmm. and shaming you. He's brainwashing. Making, you, making yeah. you feel to the point where you just give in and say, okay, you win. Right. I'm, I'm fixed. <laughs> I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Right. And then you go your whole rest of your life promising you're good to God and to your family and to your church mm-hmm. and to your psychotherapist who did all this horrible <laughs> stuff. Uh, rubber band snapping. Uh, to, to condition you for every time you have a, yeah. a, a thought that's no good, right. you smack yourself and you feel this torture. And that's the best that comes out of it. The worst is when a child feels shame and they're not worthy and they're secondary to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And they can become suicidal through depression. And so that is, yeah. you know, when, when it's inflicted on a minor at, at their most impressionable s- stages in their lives, it, it's a forever scar. Right. Yeah. And um, yeah, so suicide rates and all that stuff is like off, off the charts when you think of people who have gone through and endured or survived or right. uh, passed through the channels of conversion therapy. So our story uh, is about conversion therapy. But if you can imagine an 11 year old boy, first of all, 11, right? We're 11 years old as a boy. What the fuck are we at that age? We're just kids. We believe in yeah. Santa at that age sometimes. A 11-year-old boy who his father ran a conversion therapy camp in the 90s mm. and uh, who is closeted homosexual. The father? Yeah. Of runs course. A, yeah, and that's very common in, <clears throat> yes. in the conversion the therapy world. Of, like, at all. You know, like Catholic priests or whatever exactly. saying, you know, you know, don't touch little boys mm-hmm. except for me. It's always the one with the biggest <laughs> voice. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So his father runs a conversion therapy camp. Uh, the little boy, Ari, is caught one time with another boy, 11 mm-hmm. years old. Mm-hmm exploring right. father takes him and says my son is gay you are gay I'm, it's horrible i'm going to fix you torture mm-hmm. all the great things that you do in conversion therapy to just fuck the kid over with right. and then um we catch up to the story at, you, well it uses him as a poster child uses him for a poster his child own, in his own organization you know, to his business to celebrate his own son's wow. victory as proof that it, it it's fixed his son Got it. and then we cut to 35 years later which is where the story really takes off and He's in love with a woman who he had he he's known since he was like eleven years old. They, in fact, she was there when all this was occurring in the uh, neighborhood. You know, she's a neighborhood girl, and they're in love. But and you kind of get the feeling that that's really love. But has he made the decision to be straight or gay in his own terms? No. And hmm. and as COVID sets in, we he has to reevaluate and ask himself. Who am I? What am I? What's my authentic core? Because in order to move forward with absolute sureness and honesty with this woman, he needs to understand really who he is. He can't just fake it anymore. He doesn't want to be a fraud for the rest of his life. And he's up until 35, he's a fraud. Yeah, and he's questioning his feelings for her. You know, the, the, the natural desire of wanting to bond with other men, he has been conditioned to con- consider that as a homosexual tendency, whereas most straight people, most straight men have that camaraderie with, right. with other men. But he has been conditioned to to feel that that is a to gay tendency and, and grows up uh, homophobic. So anxiety and panic attacks and, panic attacks. and all those things that I mean, he's horrified that the idea traumatized that, yeah, he's, yeah yeah he's a, he's a terrified that he would slip back into homosexuality that he was allegedly right. accused of being and instead he was just an 11 year old experimenting yeah. as kids do so it's really conversion therapy a lot you know a lot of like um pray away and right. uh um 
uh, boy erased, boy erased. You know, those types of. It's always about a homosexual identifiable person who is shut down to be heterosexual. In this right. case, it's, the card was flipped over. Yeah, in this but case, we don't know, was he homosexual or was conversion therapy brainwashing him to think that? Mm. And so growing up, feeling this way, feeling is always pent up in his, in, in his system, in his mind, in, you know, in his spirit, that maybe there's something wrong with him and it mm. wasn't fixed. Mm. Yeah, that's the film unfixed because we have to unfix what his father allegedly yeah. fixed on him. And I like that you don't answer the question though. You let the audience go home going, well, whatever. Yeah, is yeah. He, yeah. Bottom line is, because love, things aren't fixed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? But love is love. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I think you look at his story and you you get an idea of who he is, and right. it really doesn't matter. You just know that. He's going for love, but love, real love only happens if you're honest right. with your partner. And so, uh, a brave, brave character, because he at least explores that in, in the face of pure honesty, right. which a lot, I think a lot of straight guys yeah. wouldn't even do, you know, yeah. take that chance. <laughs> and, and I think also it's, it's a really important, uh, journey to go through because I think a lot of kids nowadays, when it comes to like transgender rights and, mm-hmm. Still across the country, conversion therapy is happening. It's right. it's it's illegal now in like twenty states on versus like on state or legislative levels for certain kinds of laws that um, practicing psychotherapists and doctors can't actually perform conversion therapy. Mm. But churches and legal uh, 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 spiritual uh, advisors and leaders, cults, uh, cults yeah. they're they're free from all that kind of stigma wow. you know, and yeah. those, those it, rules and regulations. When they say so. there's a ban, they just say licensed therapists cannot do it. Mm. But everyone else who discourages someone or a minor from being who they are can, can do it in their own ways. Yeah. So the, even even the ban is not as strict, right? And these are the fights that are happening today. Uh, kids trying to find themselves and being told to be something else immediately shut down mm-hmm. from what they're you know. If a boy wants to play with dolls, that's just playing. You know, that's a right. that's a culturally specific thing that we put on on humans mm-hmm. in, in Western culture. Exactly. In another country, you maybe you can play with dolls when you're a kid. Doesn't matter. Gender has nothing to do with what our interests are and where how we want to live our lives and right. and they're immediately stirred into something steered into something else and not given a chance to develop their own identity on their mm. own terms Interesting. so yeah a big wow. fight ahead still yeah. i mean it's just getting worse and you know so crazy yeah crazy but um which is which is funny because i'm <clears throat> i was talking about this the other day on that podcast about how i'm i'm always so and i don't know we, we're around the same age i'm assuming and I know you're you're really 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 young. Oh, um, old, I'm old. <laughs> he know I was going with that dude. Well, I did make up the stairs without a huff and a puff. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, still I'm, I'm 28 online, and my, and my back feels wonderful. By the way, how's yours? <laughs> I can still go to dance class and get it done. Um, here's a funny thing. Like I'll be driving down the street. You know, I li- we all live West Hollywood ish, and you guys are in the hills. You know, living it up big time, um, <laughs> <laughs> living off his money. And so, <laughs> um, but I see the kids today, and I call them. You know, twenty thirds, whatever, walking around holding hands. You know, just being there out and proud in skirts and dresses and like and makeup and nails. I'm just like they are so confident in themselves. And I realize 
I have my own homophobias in myself. When it, and, and when I see them, I'm worried for them. Because I come from a generation and a place where my homeboys would be after people like that, mm. right? Right. And so in my head, I go back to, and I always say this, which I hate that I say it now, is somebody will say something and I'll be like, I'm gay, but I ain't that gay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I need to stop saying that. You know, and it's like it's really started to hit me that I need this. Yeah. There's room for everybody today, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm still so stuck in my I'm gay. I'm not queer, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in my head. Like I'm still like old school in that way of trying to keep hold of whatever the hell that shit was. Yeah. As opposed to allowing the kids to just be whatever they want to be and all that stuff like that. I still have these labels in my head that we were so labels. Taught, yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? When, and I'm a gay man. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's still in us. When when I first came out, tw- 26 years old, I, first of all, terrifying last moment. Last week, by the way. Last, last week. Yeah, just yeah, a right, couple yeah. weeks ago. <laughs> um, the first thing I was disappointed with was the fact that I was now either gay or lesbian. I was so I just went from breaking my mold and my shell, all my expectations that right. everything was around me for the last 26 years, mm-hmm. only to jump into another pot with a label on top. And I thought, wow, we just fucked up right there mm-hmm. we have fucked up because we don't have to be anything and so a lot of like you're saying a lot of j- just the fact that we are gay or lesbian or transgender that we have to put a title on it mm-hmm. can we just all be human beings and we yeah. are diverse and we are a wide range of everythings and combinations and permutations and and just open it up right we I mean, had this um <clears throat> we changed the gay committee to the lgbt Plus? Q, Q plus Q plus plus maybe yeah one of those well plus is is another information no we we well, just yeah. did plus because we were like yeah, yeah. what because the yeah. defense was this and I'll keep this short there was a young lady who came in who's bi and she was like why are we just still the gay the gay committee it's like seven years ago whatever like mm-hmm. why are we still the gay committee and I realized being the co chair of the committee at the time I was like at the writers group I was like oh yeah that makes a lot of sense. But see, a lot of us are stuck in the, you're not really bi. You just haven't fully admitted right, right, right. that mm-hmm. you're whatever. But I'm like, no, the, she's like, guys, no. I'd like whatever the fuck I like when I like it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the, where we're going. But we are so taught that, oh, they still haven't admitted the fact that they're, yeah. you know, whatever. Go yeah. Ahead. Well, no, that's because that is the process. When somebody comes out. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and until they realize exactly who they are based on who they love, um, they think that, oh, I'm bi because I was with women. Right. And therefore now I love men. And so because I had the ability to be with women, mm-hmm. so I must be bi. And then they they kind of migrate all the way to being gay. And right. then that's fine. because But you, you kind of stop there in the middle because right. it's a common thing. But there are people who can emotionally and physically be attracted equally to both. And so they are legitimately bi, whereas the other ones are just going through the process. And until they realize that they are fully gay, Mm -hmm. that that's kind of like a, a, like a, a stopping point to, to kind of say, yeah, I must be bi because I like, I liked women. Mm -hmm. So, um, and maybe they were only physically attracted to women and not emotionally. And that's, that's all my dealing issue. with yeah. opportunities to be emotionally open to someone in the same gender based on where you were growing up. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. you know. So I think that the emotional <clears throat> attraction and the physical attraction have to be equally you there. You nailed it. In yes. order to say, I'm 
fully bi because I have the same attraction to men on both levels mm-hmm. as I do with women. So, yeah. but when you're coming out gay, you tend to stop there and say I'm bi until right. you're saying until you say, well, you know what? It's a leap. It's a leap. I to have go there. the opportunity yeah. to realize that I fully connect with men on both levels more than women. So I, I will. I figured mine out in my twenties. Um, late 20s, as a matter of fact. No, 20s. Because mm-hmm. I still was in denial for it, with it for a while because I used to dance for a lot of like rappers and singers and tours and stuff like that. So I actually still to this day, I'm B53. I've slept with more women than I have men mm-hmm. still to this day. And it's because of that lifestyle. Yeah. When you're out and about and doing yeah. women or just like whatever, you kind of go with that. But what happened was the switch happened around when I moved to L.A. when I was 26 in 96. 26. And I know something about that age, too. There's 11 or 12 and something about right yeah. before you turn 30. And what happened was there was a really popular dancer, female, who had the hugest crush on me. And I was dealing with my, oh, I think I'm bi. Mm-hmm. But it was because I was an actor. And I didn't want to embrace the fact of being gay. Mm-hmm. Right. Not that I wouldn't just be gay. But then I was like talking to myself as we do. And I was like, well, what's keeping me from sleeping with her? And I was like, oh, I realized when I'm with a man, I let go. When I'm with a woman, it's just, we just fucking, excuse yeah. my phrase, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It's, a it's a physical thing. thing yeah. And that's not fun to me. I'm not, be, I'm being selfish to them. It's mm-hmm. just sex. Right. I want to be embraced. I want to be loved. I want to be all those things. And that's when I cut it off. Mm-hmm. Right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, no totally. Fully it, understand. And the bottom line Keep is going. everyone's going to have their own timing and their own process. I think uh, we all come out at different times for different reasons. And, the good thing is we you know, we were able to we were able to on our own terms kind of figure it out and you know maybe maybe the young kids are coming out much quicker because the 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 role models are there but in some ways they're coming out early and they still got some decisions to make in their life too right. you know but yeah. but they go with their gut and that's that's awesome and we didn't I'm I'm going I'm so I'm going to be 60 soon mm-hmm. So he's still pretty, though. Yeah, yeah. I can't say it out loud in a real where I can just. Yeah, you can't my tell age. it to the public. But my, but my era, you weren't coming out because the AIDS uh, epidemic was was mm-hmm. on the backside still. Sure. I was terrified to even think about it, let alone to tell my parents I were gay or something like that, because right. they would be worried to death, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So you you just you kind of put the you know it's a, it's a personal thing. You do it at your own timing, your own pace, and. Yeah, it wasn't until you fall in love with someone and then you say, I need to tell other people because the person I'm with is someone I love and out of respect, I need to set the record straight. Right. And that's when we met and that's why that became, it became important that we told people who we were. I think that I think that's great. Um, yeah, the, it, it was a different time, you know, coming up. Like I said, the, the kids today, I, I, don't, I don't like to say that they have it easy. It's just... There's so much more, um, uh, I hate to use the word aggressive, but they're very, and I don't know if it's because of Twitter and Instagram and all that has allowed them to just speak their voice, that they speak their voice everywhere. You know what I mean? Like I'm like, if you ever see me on Twitter, Instagram, I'm like the most positive person 
out there. I don't say nothing negative. I don't do any of that. And mainly it's because I have it drilled in me from one of my big, you know, mentors when I first started writing, like, don't do this and don't do that. So in my head, I'm like, well, I can't be political or I can't do this or I can't do that. So I've learned just not to do it. And Mm -hmm. I go online and I see some of my my other mentors going, well, fuck Trump or fuck this. And I'm like, I can't do it, though. Like, I've already taught myself that's just not my, you know, my my whatever the word is. You know what I'm saying? But um, back to y'all. So. This movie, what made you what made you guys submit to um, Dances with Films, and and how do you decide for yourselves which film festival is going to be the one you're going to let a uh, let premiere? Because we all know when you premiere a film, you can't show it anywhere else until it shows there. Mm-hmm. So Correct. I'm just curious of what. Well, it, it depends on the festival. Okay. I think Dances with Films has um, a great reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, they are noted as that one of the top ten film festivals in the United States. Are there a qualifier? Do you know? No. Uh, for, I don't think so. For okay. shorts, yeah, M- maybe for shorts. I usually, don't, I don't yeah, think, for features. I don't know. That's a good question. Okay. For features is usually. I mean, when, features you, when you can't qualify. Uh, features can't qualify because they have a whole different category. They've got to be in the theaters for like a oh, that's week. Right. Yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, at festivals, that's you right. don't but have a one screening. Is, for shorts, they make an exception because shorts. Don't usually go into theaters for a week. So, um, so yeah. So it it determines on what the festival, you know, the reputation of the festival. If it's if it's been around, and also yes, if it's a world premiere, we will decide. You know, this is the festival that we would like to premiere in, Mm -hmm. or. Um, so like, oh, we could just come right down the hill. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's so totally close to where we live. It, it 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 was a target for us. Was, we were hopeful that we would go there because, yeah, it's our, it's our neighborhood, and so it's closing very, weekend, Friday night at seven o'clock. You can't right? beat that. Yeah. It's perfect timing, <laughs> and this way, family and friends and all the cast and crew who worked on it, mm-hmm. they they're actually local, so they can all come. And you know, we ten people for a crew. You know it. it Definitely feels fragmented when you're working because you're just kind of like in the moment doing the work and stuff right. like that. No one tonight has seen the film. Crazy. So yeah. we have kept it under lock and key except for our focus groups. So they might have seen like an ADR moment or something. Nothing, yeah, yeah, no ADR or, or Foley. maybe yeah, Foley yeah. yeah, with yeah, us. Just, yeah, but um, uh, otherwise the cast and crew for the first time are going to see it tonight wow. live. But what an opportunity to yeah. be able to share live and. It, had it been in Berlin or right, you know right, somewhere yeah. else, yeah, everybody couldn't have come. And yeah. on the big screen at the Chinese theater, which is the most, yeah, probably the the the, it's the a, ideal. It's an awesome, yeah. it's an awesome theater. So it's state, it's one of the best. You know, so it's intimidating when you think, oh, we just made a little film, but it's very big on that yeah. screen. <laughs> well, it's next, yeah, the the theater. Are we in the same theater we did ours? Yes. No, in the bigger one. Oh, there's a bigger one. Wait, wait. You were in six, right? I was in six. Oh, we're, we're in, in one. We're in one. Yeah, yeah. so one awesome. is 450 Good. seats. Really? Yeah. Nice. And yeah. we're almost sold out, really? so we probably will sell it before the end of the night. Yeah. We're so awesome. I, I, and the thing is, if we even get close to selling out, the unfortunate thing is our fellow producers won't be able to get in because they're like, we got to see your film. We have to see your film. Right. But it's it's a it would be a great thing that, you know, we sell out. But at the same time, we hope that... I need a plus one, by the way. I forgot to Okay, tell. yeah. I, yeah. I got your ticket. Uh, remember we're I showed sl- you my friend Doug? We're scalping them now for $45. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. They're going at $90. <laughs> you know, in certain places. Always go yeah. high. Always go high. <laughs> go high. Go high. Go high. Some won't show, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's always a drop-off. Trust me. I, remember you guys are talking about you got all these calls? 
the day of. I must have had 40 calls. I'm not exaggerating. Hey, I'm not going to make it. Oh, yeah. 40 people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Don't and even call. Chris got 17. It was like, you know what I mean? I was like, it's going to be small. It's going to be what it is. Whatever. Yeah. Well, you, you know, know what I mean? it's, it's, I mean, there are people who are going to be out of town. Yeah. Um, you know, they have other priorities, but we do, uh, take into account are the friends that are really making it a point to go. Yes. Yeah. And they stay came. They still yeah. have to be entertained. Yeah. And, yes. and they, you know, we, we told them a month ago, they plugged it in their calendar and, um, and scheduled around it. Right. Because they knew that it took four years to make. And right. it's something that's like, yeah, it's not just a movie. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, um, when, when it's my, what went into it. One of my last posts was, uh, we spent four years making a movie. Can you, can you give us one night? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, folks. That's good. Actually, yeah. that's not bad. Yeah. Pressure, a little pity. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, a waste. Well, For it's sure. kind of like on your birthday. Sometimes people send a happy birthday. Oh my gosh, they remembered. It means right. so much more. You know, right. it amplifies. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and it's just a simple thing. You know, it's just a birthday. Everybody has a birthday, and it's like. I go on Facebook and I'm like, oh my God, I missed all these birthdays. You but like it does. Six yeah. days. Like, How did six days? I didn't see nobody. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't looked at, I need to go back and look at birthdays because I'm really bad at that. Yeah. But also when I get a, uh, have a birthday, I get so many ridiculous number of birthday wishes. Mm. It's like, yeah, you don't remember my birthday. It just no. came up so it, you it could say you. happy birthday. Uh, you know? but, but, you know, but they did it though. And yeah, that's kind of what it. you're and saying. They did. They yeah. So I at least moment. like or make a comment at yeah. some point I'll say thank everybody because then you'll be yes. like yes. 270 people have yeah. given yeah. you a birthday you can only wish. heart as much as, <laughs> as you can um, well thank you guys you know for coming to hang out man absolutely yeah. thank dope. you for having really, us really proud of you guys so you're tonight. moderating tonight for yes, us indeed. which is awesome it was a great honor to have that yes. and thank you thank we you. scored so you will have seen the film and gone up, go up on stage afterwards. So I hope you enjoy it. So you asked me a question earlier about how do I moderate when I haven't seen the movie, mm. which is even better. Yeah. Don't you talk about the movie when it's over? Yes, we do. Absolutely. So now it's all there. Well, yeah. you will have seen it just right then. Exactly. And, yeah. and I'm not the type of guy who's writing down 14 questions going, so when you were seven, yeah. I'm yeah. like... No, bitch. What happened to you when you were seven? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think you have an interesting panel too. Uh, we, we don't have a panel, but we have. We're going to pull up. You're going to be pulling yeah. up as moderator. Um, we have Trevor Project, who's been on board with That's us, pretty good. and they're a call to action at the end of our film because we do deal with some pretty heavy topics, and one of them is um, suicide. So right. just just even if it's not suicide, just needing advice or help or support, they're they're an incredible organization that really helps uh, people. Conversion Therapy Dropout Network, wow. which is a, an incredible organization that helps survivors have kind of a landing pad where they can talk and hash out old issues mm -hmm. and new ones and try to find camaraderie and stuff run by a friend of ours named Curtis Galloway, who, who will be up with there as okay. well. And then we have actors, uh, mature older actors, and then the little little mini-me's that will be up there from, <laughs> yeah, the, you'll see, the, the kid versions of them. Right. And Alex and I and our our uh, original composer for the film, Josh Lowell. Josh Lowell, who came in from uh, the East Coast. So it's a nice rounded uh, group. And I, I threw a couple of questions that, that you can oh, go with. One, some are organization oriented. The other ones are. Don't worry about it. I can, follow, I can, follow, I can follow the script. It doesn't matter. Make yeah, no, no. But it's, you know? those are just suggestions because I think once it's you helpful. see it, you'll have your I, own. I, I, I saw it. Questions. I read it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I read it. And I was like, oh, he's anal. <laughs> 
That's <laughs> <laughs> like get it done. Right? Well, just in case, sometimes you you, know, you give somebody something and they can they can go off of it, you know, yeah, yeah, rather yeah, yeah. than going, okay, where it's do a, I it's start? A, it's a Start suggestion. Yeah. It's, it's, it is helpful. Yeah. I will say, um, I just want to circle back one sure. thing that I think you'll enjoy and you made note to was the difference between the young generation and even like one short generation past, like you right. versus the kid, you mm-hmm. know, out of high school right now. Um, in our film, we do have 35 year olds who we lead in, mm-hmm. and then we have some younger, uh, just a short, brief generation under them that all four of them are in, in this story. Okay. And uh, it's interesting to see how the generations process sexuality and identity and freedom and the ability to express themselves, Mm -hmm. how vastly different their worlds are just that short period of time in a difference. So it it is. We are, uh, you know, the world goes faster every day, it feels like. And especially when you look at young high school kids just coming out and they're like, they're cool. They're cool with it, and their parents are cool with it. And I will say, though, that is a bubble that we live in in Southern California, well, East West Coast, uh, big cities maybe, but Midwest, it's still kind of old here's, school. Here's here's where and I know you guys got to go. Here's here's the thing: like we have season tickets to the the theaters and then the Broadways, whatever the Pentages, right? So we went to go see Tina the other night. Here's an example: we walk together. And he's old school, so he's like, I'm the man, so you're over there. So I'll be like on the inside and he's on the outside. As soon as we get inside, we grab hands. And we're walking together. We sit, we hold hands, blah, blah, blah. As soon as we're outside, we, Let go. Like, we're just still stuck in that yeah. old school yeah. way. And then I see somebody in front of me, like 20-year-olds, and they're holding hands. I'm like, I wish I could do that. But I have this thing. This is where it comes from. We've actually had this discussion. My problem is this. The little skinny little tank tops and shit I wear. I know he's obviously in a gay dude, but I'm still where I'm from. So I'm one of those dudes. You say something to me like, what? Like, I'm that dude. So I just do everything I can to keep from doing that because mm-hmm. I will be in jail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you say something to him. I'm, yeah. I'm coming. At, it could be yeah. the worst gangbanger. I don't care. I'm coming after you. Like, yeah. I'm that dude. So I like do everything possible. My nine years of Taekwondo will come out in a minute. Mm. So I'm just like, be cool. It's just being, it's just being cautious, yeah. you know, just yeah. you learn your lesson. You don't want to repeat it. It's yeah. like, when was the last time you put a paper clip in the light socket? I mean, we, we, yeah, we, we may have done it once ago. Once is enough, you know, exactly, and exactly. otherwise you stay away and you, you, you yeah. just play smart and sure. watch your surroundings and know you are because it's we, bottom line is we still have a long way to go. Right. I, I think that the difference between the past and the, and the present is we have fluidity hmm. uh, as a concept now. Right. Before you were either straight or gay, and and a lot of people don't identify with either because right. there are all the ones in the middle, you know. Where you know, so is now people are allowed to be who they are because they can say, "I'm fluid. I'm hmm. not one or the other." Right. And yeah. so I think that that also allows the young kids, the young kids these days, young adults these days, to kind of say, "You know what? I might be." in a gay relationship now but i can be in a hetero relationship yeah. i admire it yeah. i admire it to be yeah. honest you know i think there might be a little envy and jealousy in yeah. it to be oh honest oh my god yeah you know, i mean i don't sure. know if we can name, name names on on here you can cut it out later but if everyone can be harry styles oh, that would be the yeah. best mentality for this you know our, yeah. our community and right. our society right 
But you need a pretty slim waistline for those jumpsuits. <laughs> oh, yeah. And a lot of energy. I, I can't with those bell bottoms. And, and a lot of a great wardrobe. <laughs> not, for, not for everybody. But. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, guys, man. I appreciate you guys coming through thank with you. you. Thank Look you, forward to you. hanging with you guys tonight. Yes. Tell everybody where are you guys on Instagram, Twitter. People can follow your website. Like, what's what? Yes, it's unfixedmovie.com. That's, mm-hmm. you know, you go there. You get all the information. Um, again, it's premiering tonight at Dances with Films. At the I'll T- be dropping this on Monday, by the way. I know it's okay. Oh, okay. After, well, it, but it, yeah. people can still hopefully yeah. find it, see it. Totally. Yeah. And then, uh, but yeah, uh, unfixedmovie.com. And that's... Uh, you know where you can get all the details. Imperativepictures.com is go. where you can see the rest of the trailer for all of our other movies. Oh, but, if you, but if you go to unfixedmovie.com, you can click on the top. It goes to it's part of the website too. Yeah, so yeah. it's a one stop shop. Do we there. know somebody who used to work in advertising or something? Oh, who's really right good there, at right there. <laughs> and maybe we can come back and you can reflect about the movie itself. Oh, maybe. Spoilers. Yeah, yeah, we'll figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But anyway, we look forward to sharing with you tonight. We we're tired on it, and yes, four years. And you're giving us one night. And thank awesome. you. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. <laughs> That's what's up, man. Thank you guys again. Join with me for 2023. Um, oh, let me finish my little thing. You guys can find me at Hilliard Guest on Twitter, Instagram. I say Twitter like I'm cool. Um, <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook, LinkedIn, everything, everywhere. Uh, please go on screenwritersrr.com. <clears throat> um, you can find our website there. You can, We got t-shirts you know all kind of crazy stuff on there you can buy whatever you like please go on our patreon page we need that for you know help us out to pay for this stuff that we do we give it to you for free um what else what else so many things going on um yeah oh we're gonna find out today about sag if we haven't already i haven't even checked my damn thing yet i think they have to the end of the day so I guess by EOD, we'll know by the time we do the panel <laughs> yeah. that was going on. Um, so anyway, so we'll see what's going on with that. Um, a lot of things going on. Yeah, that's it. Check out you guys' website, um, unfixedmovie.com. Unfixedmovie.com. Got it. And the other, your, your imperative pictures. Imperative pictures. Doc, you just said it. Duh. Um, anyway, thank you guys. You guys know how we do it on the rant room. On the show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? 2023. So you want to be a rider? Well, you got to be a rider till your fears are diminishing and doubts are behind you. It's hard to grind in the business. Got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel. Say what you want. Welcome to the rent room.